Hi, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Good to Game Radio. I'm your host, Tony Speaking. I'm here again tonight with Vance, Clint, and Amy for the first time. How you doing, Vance? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to be here. I'm eager to be here. Awesome. Clint? Uh, it finally happened. It is actually after midnight when we're recording this. It is 12.01. Well, you knew it was going to happen sooner or later. I did. So it happened a lot sooner than you probably expected. I lied about it so many times, and then it finally happened. (laughs) And last but not least, my lovely wife, Amy. Welcome to the podcast. Hey. Good to be here. Hey, welcome, Amy. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I surprised Amy when I came home today. I said, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? And um, I kind of like shoved her in the room and put the mic in her hand and then we had all kinds of issues getting set up and you know <laughs> but we finally did so here we are but uh we're all here for the same reason and that is to give our reaction to the greatest movie that's dropped maybe ever but definitely in 2021 to the rescue of all the uh, movie chains out there who have been struggling all year long and we're looking for that lifeline here comes spider-man swinging in with a gigantic opening weekend. Vance, uh, you got a number for us, don't you? On the uh, on the opening numbers, right? I do, I do. Um, as they say, put your money where your mouth is, and the people have spoken. Spider-Man is officially second in um in uh the MCU drops only behind any game at uh six hundred point eight million for the uh for the opening opening weekend. That's uh that's amazing. I mean that's straight uh, up ludicrous. Right. That's the global right. number, right? Yeah, that's the global number. And uh the projections were only one thirty to one fifty. And uh right now they're sitting at two sixty for the weekend. So they have uh definitely um surpassed expectations. Yeah, it was super crowded at the theater, so I can definitely believe it. How is it over in Ireland where you're at? Uh what about the uh reaction over there in the in the crowds? What did you see? Well, I realized like uh, the first day, I don't think I didn't actually check for tickets the first day, but the day, uh, the second day of release, which is still, I think, a day before the U.S. opened uh, or the the movie opened in the U.S., I looked and I could see that there was like plenty of seats available. Like I, I was looking at like matinee times, like middle of the day, you know, so nothing like not like peak times. And then when we went and saw it uh, yesterday, so you guys actually saw it before me. But when we saw it yesterday, it was noon and it was pretty, I mean, I don't know if the, maybe it was like 20 or 30% capacity in the, like in the theater that was actually taken. It was pretty, it was not packed by any stretch. I don't know. Like it seemed like I, I didn't see a single person walk out before both of the, or before at least the first uh, post-credit scene. That was every single person that was in there knew to stick around, it seemed, at least for one of the two. Um, nice. for the folks out there. So I think it was probably more bigger fans that were seeing it here. Maybe not as like global of a reach here as in the U S I'm kind of curious. Uh, you guys might already know the answer to this, but Clint, are there any kind of pandemic restrictions on the theaters in Ireland right now? So it's so different over here than it is. Um, like in either, you know, Nashville area or Florida where I was recently, like if you go to a restaurant or like a coffee shop and you want to sit down and have your coffee, uh, you have to show them your vaccination card on your or show them on your phone. And there's like a scanning thing. You have to fill out like a contact form 
for tracing. So like you have to give them your name and your phone number and your email and all mm-hmm. that if you want to just sit down in the in the store. Um, and then like masks are required everywhere indoors. So as far as the theater, the difference was essentially just having to they actually scanned my vaccination card because it's a U.S. vaccination card. It didn't have the uh, like I didn't have what I needed. So I ended up having to like show my card, show some other stuff. But that is basically the like the big the, the really the difference in the experience, because even in the U.S., you know, we're going to have uh, masks on until we get to the seats and you're eating and drinking or whatever. So let's get right into our reaction here. Uh, Vance, you were the first one to actually see the movie of our group. What's your take? Man, my take on it was like everything, everything that we've talked about previously, even in um, the first reaction of Spider-Man, like it it was everything. I mean, like the whole experience, um, just how he evolved almost from like, uh, you know, from boy Spider-Man to being Spider-Man. I was blown away. I was like, I, I was, I was surprised. I <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Like I like I I left the theater feeling like I actually went and saw you know like a good movie and not like ah, this was missing that was missing. I like it was it was definitely a uh, everything I thought you know and it blew me away. What about you, Amy? Well, unlike you guys, I don't really follow a lot of the Marvel movies. There's still a lot of them I have not seen. Um, Spider-Man is one that I've always kind of liked, though. He's always been my favorite character. I kind of liked the Tobey Maguire. We have young children who are very pro-Tom Holland and kind of get arguments with them over times because I'm always like Tobey Maguire is the Spider-Man. I actually saw a lot of things in Tom Holland in this movie that made me really think of him more like in the way that I saw Tobey Maguire. I always think of Peter Parker as kind of the nerdy guy, the scientist guy, the guy who always wants the girl, but he can't have her. Uh, Tom Holland's character has always just seemed to have everything that he wanted to me. And it was just something that I didn't really care for as a Spider-Man character. So just seeing Tom uh, Holland being broken and vulnerable was just, I guess that sounds kind of weird that you want your cool superhero to be broken, but that kind of did it for me. It's just, it made me really like the movie and, uh, I think it's my all-time favorite Spider-Man movie, which I never thought I would have said that going in. I really enjoyed this Spider-Man. I agree with Amy. What we had said before in our previous episode where we were doing the review roundup was that uh, this Spider-Man, this Tom Holland Spider-Man had always kind of had everything given to him. And that as on a personal story, we never really got a really good look into him as Spider-Man. I, and I felt that this movie went into that uh those that area that we hadn't seen of this Spider-Man where you know he was going to grow through go through some really difficult times but he was always going to still do what was right in the end before we get much further into the episode I just wanted to make sure that uh everybody's aware that there will probably we will probably be dropping spoilers so uh, just be aware going forward that we will we'll be talking probably about uh, some stuff you might not want to know about if you haven't actually seen the movie yet. So putting that disclaimer out there, Clint, uh, what do you think? What was your reaction? All right. Uh, one word review time. Just yes. uh, throw famous, in the, famous. throw in my drum roll and post. Epic. That's my one word review. Very well put together. One thing. Uh, it, long it was a long movie but it was very well done i thought 
Um, I think William Defoe like carried that movie in so many ways, like fantastically. I mean, he did amazing. Uh, uh, Amy, I have to disagree with you. Tobey Maguire, those Spider-Man movies were so horrible. <laughs> like, I told Tony a week or two ago that uh, the last the last time I had seen a Spider-Man movie was when Tobey Maguire and we looked it up and it was 19 years ago. <laughs> that was the last time I had watched a Spider-Man movie. So the Tobey Maguire movies, it to me, were so bad that I haven't watched a single Spider-Man movie in 19 years. <laughs> Maybe so, it's Toby's. the female in me, but did you not like the epic kiss between Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst? Uh, I mean, 19 years ago, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. I just remember. Here, here's what I, when I think about this, I think about that ridiculously cringe part where he like realizes that he has powers or whatever, and he's got his confidence. And it's that like super like doofus, like dancing and dance walk that he does like down the street where he, I mean, it's like, I, I, like I'm embarrassed for him 19 years later. But that that's, is the... that's the whole point of Peter Parker. Peter <laughs> Parker was nerdy. He was scientific. He was well, vulnerable. He, like that's was, what makes he, him Peter Parker. Right. He was right. too nerdy for me. Okay. Now, like see, I couldn't see. handle it. And I now, literally see, <laughs> like my favorite show has been that it's just been reawoken in, in coming back to Ireland is this show called Take Me Out. And uh spoiler alert for everyone, uh on the podcast right now, we are for sure gonna have an entire episode where we talk about take me out which is a dating show and it is full-on cringe fuel and it's the best thing in the world um so i will send you guys an episode uh one of these days and then we are going to talk about it the next couple weeks it's just put it on the books it's happening um Mm. that is specifically engineered to get the maximum amount of cringe out of a situation and i love it to death I could um, not as, stomach Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. It was that as, much cringe. Uh, Tony's spouse here. I hope Tony doesn't know a whole lot about dating. I hope he doesn't have a lot of advice to offer on this. Okay, oh, yeah. so I'm full so of he, advice on the dating world yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, you know <clears throat> professional. I was gonna say that that Toby Toby Maguire Spider-Man was was a whole lot darker than this spider-man now and to 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 your cringe where he's dancing around i just recently started uh, re-watching the 1994 series when it started and when he is um taken over as venom it brings out almost like his true personality and it's like um you know when he goes after this girl you know it's like the whole time they're you know kind of flirting back and forth but she actually has somebody that she's seeing you know but it's like this one day he has venom inside of him and he's like hey like you know like nah you know your dude is trash with him like that she's like oh spider-man like i don't know what got into you and he does like this backflip twist also like this the steps you know what i'm saying so it's 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 kind of like once i started watching the episode and then i started you know like going through watching the old spider-man it's like they took like a lot of that you know, and put it in now. So it's like, you have to really be like a Spider-Man fan to notice these things. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're just a dabbler in Spider-Man, Clint. You just dabble. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I'm not a, I'm not a Spider-Man fan. He's a new. Yeah. Completely. There was a ton of throwbacks and Easter eggs and stuff in, in the movie. You know, at the very beginning of the movie, it starts off so frantically, right? It's, he's got MJ and they're swinging through the subway tunnel and then they end up on top of that bridge. 
Right. That bridge where he was standing was the bridge from the first movie where the Green Goblin had MJ and the kids in the in the trolley and he's like Right. choose which one you're going to save Spider-Man. You know, right. and then he lets them both go. That's the exact same spot on the bridge. And if you notice, if you remember in the film, in the one you watched the other night, it had that Roosevelt Island trolley going by right. as they were up there. Right. You know, so they really packed it full of uh, stuff that Spider-Man fans would would enjoy. What's your favorite scene? <laughs> Spoiler. My favorite scene is when um is is when uh he's just like hammering Green Goblin, you know, because it's like because now it's that raw passion that all the other ones have felt because of you know certain things that happen. You know, it's like um you know like like you said he's he's joking around. He's a kid, but it has to be a turning point for every superhero. Where it's like you have to have like a little darkness in you to do what you do. You know, and 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 for me, that was that point, like when he gets him by himself and he's just hammering at him, you know, and it's like, you know, like uh, I think I, I told you, like, you no, know, my my middle son, you know, he's like punching with Spider-Man, you know, like as he's watching, because like, like, I know what you did. And it's like, it wasn't right. Get him, Spider-Man, get him, you know. And so so when you see like everybody's reaction, the same, even down to the little kid who you feel like they don't understand vengeance, but they kind of do. And it brings that out. It's like, OK, like he's he's selling this moment. So that was one of my favorite uh, scenes. Uh, great scene, I think, from uh, from Vance there. I think for me, I don't know my favorite, but I think probably the most impactful for me was um, when he entered the coffee house or wherever MJ works uh, after it was over and was seeing her like and she didn't know who he was. To me, just kind of seeing him and how he reacted and how he saw his best friend and like all the emotions that he was going through at that time. And he had just made such a big sacrifice for for the good of humanity or whatever. The way that was portrayed and acted and everything and the way that they kind of encompassed that, like what that would feel like, I thought was just really well done. So for me, that was that was one of my uh, like a part that stuck out when he saw the bandaid on her on her forehead and he knew that's the price for knowing Peter Parker or for being with Spider-Man. That's the price that everybody would pay. And he, he pretty much left the cafe because he knew right. that he, he was one, he was there to try and reestablish that connection. Right. And then he right. saw the bandaid and he was like, I can't do this, you know, because it's going to put them at risk again. So again, he makes the sacrifice there knowing that he can't, that he can't have that relationship. What about you, Amy? What's your favorite scene? Well, that would have been my favorite scene that Clint just talked about. I mean, you and I talked about it on the way home. Uh, but, you know, another thing that I just loved, and sorry, Clint, but I loved seeing Toby Maguire. I loved the little jokes about Toby Maguire's back hurting. And, you know, <laughs> as a person nice. who was young in the 90s, just like Toby Maguire, I'm just like him now. And I have aches and pains, too. So uh, I guess that'd be my second thing is just seeing Toby Maguire. To, to jump on that as well, I did appreciate that because I watched those Spider-Men that when that he was in. I didn't watch any of them with uh, Andrew Garfield. I haven't seen any of his and I haven't seen any of the Tom Holland ones. I've seen Tom Holland as Spider-Man in the Avengers uh, universe, but not in his actual movies. Um, but yeah, I appreciated that too, mm. like that we got Tobey Maguire. And I love the little shtick about uh, 
the webs were coming out of his actual wrists. They, you know, I have to make them in a lab. That whole thing, I thought, like, a lot of that little, the back and forth that they had, the three of them and their interactions, I thought was just very, very well done um, in a lot of ways. So I enjoyed it. Now, I told you guys that Tony and I talked on the way home, and I think Tony was going to get into this. We didn't talk much on the way to the movies. He was a little <laughs> mad at me about something. <laughs> he said he was going to save it for the podcast, you know? <laughs> uh, so, anyway, you guys know how excited I was to watch this movie, right? Yeah, only your Spider-Man favorite superhero. Uh, November 29th was Spotty Monday. That's when the tickets were going to go on the sale. And I'm screaming at Amy at 8.30 in the morning to get the tickets uh, for the family so we could go see it on opening day. And I didn't want to miss out. So she got us the tickets. And the theater was actually in Franklin, which is the town like 20-something miles west of where we live. So Thursday comes. It starts raining in the afternoon. So I'm like, okay, I'm thinking... Okay, we're going to need to leave a little early. I don't want to be stressed out. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to get there early, hang out in the lobby, get my concessions. No stress, right? That's how I want it to be. Well, earlier in the afternoon, Amy had gone and picked up our youngest daughter. And uh, she also picked up a friend of ours' uh, daughter. And she came home with uh, with Amy and, and Kieran, who's my youngest. And uh, Amy was like, oh, we're going to go... Uh, her family bought tickets to Spider-Man too. And they're going to watch it too. I'm like, okay, cool. They, I'm, I was surprised, right? I'm like, wow, they managed to get tickets in the same time. And I, I would have <laughs> figured they were sold out, but I don't know. So come six fifteen, I tell Amy, okay, it's time to go. And she's like, well, we need to get gas. All right. Okay. Why didn't you get gas earlier when you were out and you picked the kids up? Okay. Yeah, get it together. Get it but together. Anyway, I'm like, okay. Can I'll I interject for a minute? Go, go, no. Go ahead, please. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The reason why I needed gas is because when Tony drives my car, he never fills up more than half a tank. So he was on vacation. He drove it all week long. That car sat at the gas station every other day this week. But you drove it last. <laughs> I, I, I don't deny that. <laughs> but anyway, so we have to go get gas. Which, by the way, where we live, there's not a lot of gas stations. So it meant we had to go the opposite way of Franklin, right, first. Mm. So we go get gas from the gas station. Then I'm going to get on the interstate. And Amy's like, where are you going? I'm going to the theater. Why are you going this way for? But this is the way to the theater in Franklin. She's like, oh, we're going to Franklin? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay. So that was it, right? So I'm on the interstate. I'm driving about five or six miles later. This is right here. Oh, my parents are at the other theater in Murfreesboro. Right? <laughs> it, the theater in Murfreesboro is like in the middle of town. 200,000 people live in Murfreesboro. I had to turn around. It was raining. Drive back to the center of Murfreesboro. Drop this kid off at the restaurant her parents were at. By this time, it's like 7 o'clock. I still got to go to Franklin, which is at least half an hour away, you know, on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> so we're driving back, and I'm not saying a word, right? I've got, like, smoke coming out of my ears. I'm going, like, 90 miles an hour, you know? And she's and then Amy's Allegedly. like... Yeah. Amy's like, don't drive so fast. 
I wanted to reach over and you know, do like a green goblin move on her, you know, like seriously, you put me in this situation. Advance is texting me going, where are you at? But what did I tell you, Vance? I responded because he was driving 90. So what did I tell you in the text? You said that uh, y'all weren't there. <laughs> y'all weren't there yet. Hey, and mind you, I'm looking at the time and I'm like, man, it's like 6.50. <laughs> what time does the movie start? 7.30. And I'm like, man, it's not like Tony and them. You know, I used to be early. Like you said, you know, concessions going to be a mile long. You would have get them like. Six fifty, yeah. you know, like you oh. know, I'm trying to hang out and see him. <laughs> Amazing. I did tell you it was my fault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she she did say that. She did say that. Amazingly, there was no traffic, no traffic jams, no accidents. You know, despite it being raining, I hit every green light. There was not one red light. Once I got to Franklin, everything was green. I pulled up to the front of the theater. It's you know. It's seven twenty-five. It's the fastest I've ever gotten to Franklin, and I said, "I tell Amy, go ahead and get out." And she's like, "Oh, you go ahead and park. That we'll walk in with you." And I'm like, "No, get out. <laughs> go get the concessions. Go check in. You know, like, why are you trying to slow me down?" <laughs> well, then I had the keys in my pocket, so I had to run. Yeah, back then to she the gets car. out. And she has the keys in the in her pocket. We had the push start. You know. Yeah. You're right. But we oh, actually made man. it. That's funny. It was, all, it was all good. Yeah, Clint. I hope you had better, uh, better success getting to the movie because uh, earlier that day my window dropped, so I'm driving down. <laughs> I'm driving down with the plastic bag over the window. <laughs> it's raining and it's not like gunshots every every ten seconds. And the kids are in the back seat covering their ears. Like it's so loud. It's like the plastic bag. Waka 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 waka. I'm like, yo, I gotta go see Spider Man. Like I'm going to go see Spider Man. You know what I'm saying? Okay, uh, so absolutely crazy that no, I did not have an easier time getting to the theater on time because my niece decided on the, you know, it was Saturday night, you know, the night before. So she apparently stayed up to 3.30 in the morning and I didn't know because I went to sleep at a reasonable hour. And so we had tickets at noon and I went and woke her up at like 10 o'clock. She did not get out of bed till like 10.45, didn't get in the shower till like after 11 and then I don't, you know, there's not a car or anything to take. You got to take public transportation. I'm thinking, am I literally going to pay like thirty dollars or thirty euro to take a taxi to this to, to this mm. theater that we're going to? And and we ended up walking for twenty six minutes to get to a bus stop because mm. and it's like because she was just running so late. And then we we were like, would we want to like try to go to the theater an hour like an, go to the one o'clock instead of the noon showing and. She's like, this theater doesn't even have uh, previews. It's got like four or five minutes of previews. We show up at 12.05. I ask the guy, how long are the previews? It's like 15 or 20 minutes. Oh, okay. You know, like, <laughs> so we we got in there in time. Like We didn't actually miss anything, but we didn't even show up until after the time of the movie was scheduled to, to get in line for concessions, you know? So no, it was not easy. Uh, did did your wife happen to break your window, Vance? Because we could just blame everything on women if we. That's <laughs> no, what I was thinking. <laughs> right, no, no, the window retractor had broke, so it just like slowly dropped down. 
And it was like, JQ ah. the last one to use it, or no, no. no. It was, it, it, it's funny. It, it 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 actually dropped when I was going to get the kids. So like he said, Tony, I was going to do everything early, so I got the kids out of school early. So they're like, you know, so the kids, you know, they're like, uh, why am I getting out of school early? Appointments, all right. <laughs> Appointments, all right. <laughs> like get in the car, you know. Like and then uh, Gabrielle, she's like, uh. We were about to go to lunch. Are you telling me you're hungry? Do I need to stop and get your food? What you need? What you want? Like, we got, we are on schedule, you know? I'm like, man. So they didn't Plant, know. They're going to be kind to women. You know why? Why is that? Vance, I'm making egg rolls tomorrow. <sighs> Do you want my address? Nope. 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 She'll send you the pan. All right. She'll send you the pan. All right. <laughs> so what did you guys... Oh, uh, what was you guys' favorite villain? I liked uh, Electro. I think that's the name, Electro. Jamie Foxx's like, character. Yeah, Jamie Foxx. Because, you know, it's like, it's funny because, you know, he was like, hey, in the past, I was, you know, beating Spider-Man up. And then currently, he's beating them up. He Like, he's taking them all. I'm like, man, like, like this guy is everything. You know, he's he's he is giving it to him, you know. So, I think that just his drive just to be great and, you know, just to be like, hey, man. I'm I'm here to break people off. Like that's why I'm here to break people off and absorb all this power. You know, some people are kind of like I don't know what to do with this power. But no, he knew what to do with it. Like once he felt how strong he was, he knew what to do with it. For me, for sure, it was uh, Green Goblin. Man, I think William Defoe like was phenomenal in this movie. Um, just the way that you could tell such a distinct difference between him as what whatever his character's name is. Like when he is, you know, possessed Norman by, Osborne. yeah, Norman when he's Osborne. Norman versus when he's the Goblin, right? So obvious the difference in uh, in the way he acted and and everything, and it was just like he wouldn't even have to say a word. I could look him in the face and see that he was the Green Goblin versus Norman, you know, in, in those scenes. And so to me, I thought like that strong character in the villain role was like super important because. Some of these villains were were like the Doctor Oc, Doctor Oct, whatever whatever the guy is. Octavius. Octavius, yeah. I felt like that character was pretty weak. Uh, like I, it seemed like his uh, gimmicks were cool or whatever, like the arms and all that. But like easily defeated, seemed you know not much of an issue. And then the lizard dude and the the sand guy or whatever. I'm like just completely garbage villains, you know. So. Um, but William Defoe, Green Goblin, phenomenal. I got to go with Clint. I think Green Goblin's got my my vote. I agree. I think Green Goblin, you know, carried the movie as the villain. His lines are so good; they're so well written, and his he has a power with words. Like he was able to like manipulate all those other villains to just turn back evil just like that by you know uh, some choice words for him and stuff and he's constantly at spider-man you know about his choices we we are who we choose to be you know that was kind of his his theme and i choose to be bad he's super strong he's just pure evil and he's very slick with you know with what he's saying too he can just manipulate people and put that doubt into people so yeah Definitely the best villain. And, of course, you know, what he did to uh, to Aunt May. So, Vance, you and I were talking about this the other day. 
What do you think is more powerful scene? The loss of Uncle Ben in the original or this scene? Man, um, the loss of Uncle Ben because, you know, I like Toby, but what transpired, you know, was like um, afterwards, like um, the way that, you know, was like he sees how, um, you know, his aunt, you know, she's at the gravesite and stuff like that. And he sees like the grief she's bearing. So, you know, he decides to tell her what happened. You know, and, and how, you know, like Uncle Ben came to, you know, die and stuff like that. And I think that how she reacted was such a powerful scene because, you know, when she walks out, it just kind of leaves him there, you know, with his thoughts. And, uh, you know, later she comes back and, um, you know, like forgives him and stuff like that. But Uncle Ben seen um, his death for me, like I think is a little harder than Aunt May's. What about you, Clint? You probably don't um, remember the other one, do you? Noob. <laughs> I remember that he says to the guy, explain to me how that's my problem or something like that, right? Right, yeah. He, he didn't stop the guy and that's the guy. Like it was like he was, he could have prevented it, but he didn't, you know? I just, I remember there being a little bit to it in that regard for the first one, but I don't know. I didn't care about that movie because I thought Tobey Maguire was a horrible Spider-Man. Um, so, by that logic alone, Aunt May was more of a thing. And this is literally the only Spider-Man movie I've seen in 19 years. And I care more about this than the, the other one. I think that the other one probably was maybe handled a little bit better as far as like how uh, how it impacted the story. Because with this, it you know, they've made multiple Spider-Mans. This is like he's well into his story when this occurs but it is something that he learns from. Whereas with Tobey Maguire's character, it was like a, a thing that molded him, you know, at the start, like a, something that defined him as a superhero. It seemed. It's kind of interesting how both scenes are coming at it from two different directions, right? You have Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man who does what you says. He could have stopped the criminal, but he said, it's not my problem. And then that criminal goes on and kills uncle Ben. And, but in this one, he initially says, you know, it's, it's not, I don't like, I can't remember the exact terminology, but it's kind of similar. Like, is, is it our problem? You know, but he takes the advice of aunt may and, and gets involved and tries to get these guys healed. So they can have a chance when they go back to their uh, other universes. But that ends up, getting her killed and one he didn't do something for the greater good uncle ben dies and this one he tries to do something for the greater good aunt may dies and i think it just goes to show you that spider-man it's just going to suffer loss no matter what he does what about you amy well seeing how i got on here with an impromptu five minute notice I haven't really had time to do my research on this. It's uh, been many years since I've seen where Uncle Ben died. But uh, just going off of my emotions in the, both movies and what I recall, I think I probably relate it more to the Uncle Ben. I think would probably be my answer as well. Was the plan doomed to fail from the beginning? <laughs> like, it didn't really fail. They healed them in the end. Would it just been easier to follow Dr. Strange's advice and send them back? Yes, that's not a good. That's not as good <laughs> yes. of a movie, though, Tony. 
Yeah, well, but what you know, but that brings up one of my uh topics to of discussion is the unstableness of Doctor Strange. You know, because like at the beginning, you know, he's he's under when you first see him, he's unstable, and you know, he gets a lot of warning from um I forget her name, but you know, like he, you know, she gives him a lot of warnings about how unstable he is. And then you have, you know, Spider-Man who comes to him. He's unstable. And even as he's making this, you know, this spell, it's like, oh, but save this one. Oh, but uh, this one. So now the spell gets all, you know, complex and stuff. And it's like, you know, he was warned, you know, you so you got unstable Doctor Strange, unstable Spider-Man, recipe for disaster. So, yeah, it was doomed from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, Doctor Strange is a narcissist. <laughs> He's so cocksure of himself. Like, oh yeah, this is no problem. You know, the other guy, like the Supreme Sorcerer, Wang or Wong. He's like, right. it's interesting. The trailer has him saying, don't cast that spell. But the movie itself doesn't have him saying that at all. It just says, I don't want to have a part of it. I wonder what, right. why the change? They didn't want Doctor they- Strange to just outright rebel against the supreme you know the other guy he he might they might have even just recorded that for the uh for the soundbite for the for the trailer right i mean it could have been that they didn't like they might not have reshot it or anything they just did that for the intrigue is, is there anything else that you guys are take uh took away from the movie that you know that uh, stood out for you uh yes um everybody commented on the scene where uh spider-man walks into well peter parker walks into the daily right but did anybody notice that mj is wearing the broken dollar that uh that spider-man had well that peter parker had given her i did not well what did he give her he gave her you remember when they were in uh what paris i believe he gave her the the necklace but it was broken Oh, in, in a different movie uh, that I didn't yeah, watch. Different movie, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Terrible. He was testing you. He Terrible. wanted to see you say, "Yeah, yeah I remember." Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm a lot of things, yeah, but, she... but a liar ain't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's wearing the broken piece, the broken like um, the broken piece of the necklace, you know, and um, and you know, just like I don't want to give away too much, but hey, this is a spoiler episode. But when um, but uh, another thing when. Toby comes and you know he's using the web and they you know are talking about him you know uh you know how it just comes out and the other guys say he has to manufacture his web and that's what's something that we hinted on in the past episode like how brilliant Spider-Man really is you know so he has to engineer these things like he doesn't have a um uh Alfred with Batman you know he doesn't have any other like sidekicks or anything like that like he has to go and find this out you know like himself so um you know, my, my takeaway is I definitely like the growth through the whole movie and like the different like, you know, Easter eggs and something else I didn't know that they had reshot that that uh that beginning scene of the movie, like instead of them cut and pacing from um uh far from home when they're about to reveal Spider Man as Peter Parker, they actually like reshot that scene. So um I said, Man, that was, you know, in, you know, interesting. But uh, yes, a lot of, you know, Easter eggs and like uh you know things that are going on with it but um yeah that's definitely my takeaway to growth of spider-man so my thoughts on this is like in the first like two minutes of the film i thought wow i've just heard zendaya talk more than i did in the entire dune movie and she seemed like she's a decent actor right like she like 
I could see that she has some sort of ability because in that Dune movie, it literally was just pictures of her in her in his dreams. She didn't say anything the whole time, right? Um, and that was the first I had heard of her. Um, as far as the movie overall, like I enjoyed it. I thought it was really well put together. I thought they just like crammed a whole bunch of stuff in there, and it was a long movie, like it was long, uh, but it was enjoyable. Like they uh, and like my niece loved it you know we're walking out like she just could not believe how good it was a uh, little fun fact i had just started her on uh wandavision the day before we saw it i said you haven't seen wandavision she's like oh i've, I've seen loki i'm like yeah wandavision is better than loki right it's like she goes really i'm like yeah trust me and we started watching it you know and then the very next day we go and see this movie and there's in the post-credit scene there's a uh, wanda maximoff you know uh, right there and she looked over at me with the biggest eyes you know she just was so excited and then as soon as it's done she's like we need to go watch WandaVision <laughs> and we came right back home and watched WandaVision you know like so in a lot of ways it awakens a lot of intrigue and excitement about their the universe and and what they're bringing to the table you know and so I, I'm uh, I'm excited about it uh, I could see myself watching the older like the other Tom Holland spider-man uh movies because of this it was good for sure so since i'm here for the female voice i guess i have a question for you guys um we've been talking about who's our favorite spider-man who's your mm -hmm. favorite mj this one because kirsten dunce i thought i didn't care about it all just because i thought those movies were horrible and i don't know who it was in the andrew garfield ones who was it was it a famous person i would recognize emma stone emma stone oh i like her so you got to go back and watch it, Clint. Don't be a noob. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil it for you, Clint. She dies. He said that in the movie. Yep, she yeah. dies. And that's what I wanted to kind of talk about. One of my takeaways is Andrew Garfield. Mm -hmm. Um, the scene where they're battling on the Statue of Liberty and MJ gets knocked off the platform. Tom Holland's body tries to save her, and he gets deflected by the green goblin and it it looks like that's it she's dead right but then andrew garfield is able to save her that's taken directly from his last movie where his girlfriend who's not mj i think it's gwen stacy yeah um falls from like a clock tower and he tries to save her and fails she dies so when he saves mj in this movie there's just a split second there where he's looking at her and he starts crying. I, yeah, I noticed that. I could yeah, tell. And um, he had already mentioned that he that she had passed. So like I could tell that was a big deal for him. Yeah, so that's that's a that's a good throwback to his uh Spider-Man movie. And when I was thinking about this, it made me realize that through this movie, it is now connected all these Spider-Man movies they're no longer standalone trilogy or, you know, I think they're, they're, they're all connected now. It's like one big, you know, spider verse, uh, to, to steal the, uh, the name that, uh, Sony has already kind of, uh, coined for itself. But yeah, they've, instead of having all these separate standalone movies with a Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man and the Tom Holland, Spider-Man for the MCU, it's all one now. Now you, you just like, yeah, they're, they're all in parallel. Uh, so that's my kind of takeaway from it. 
I think that was brilliant how they did combine them all into to the one, you know, because in my mind, I'm always like, oh, well, Tobey Maguire got too old. You replaced him. You know, Andrew Garfield got too old. You replaced him. Tom Holland's going to get too old. You're going to replace him. So now I kind of see, just as you were saying, is that, you know, you can combine them all. And, you know, I have this analytical mind where things always have to make sense. And when I know that you're not the Spider-Man that I used to one time see as Spider-Man, things like that just kind of disturb me for some reason. And uh, now this is a way I can look back and kind of see that it all makes sense. Yeah. Right. Cause um, like uh, one of the things too, is like uh, just to give like, like the people who haven't seen it yet, man, just like a feel for it is like, you know, like Clint said, you had a lot of people who were actual fans of Spider-Man in the movie and not, uh, you know, just like, okay, let's do Spider-Man. Uh, let's get out, go watch it. Cause I think, um, when the movie ended, you probably had about maybe like 10 people kind of like get up and, you know, our, our movie theater was like pretty packed. And I mean, like when you first see Daredevil, like the theater goes crazy. When you see the first Spider-Man come through the portal, it goes crazy. When you see the second man, second Spider-Man come through, it goes crazy. When, um, when the second Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, when he saves MJ, like the theater erupts, like it's, you know, game winning overtime shot, you know? So it was like, you know, it's just crazy, you know? And I mean, that, that just kind of, you know, speaks to like how the movie was progressing and how, you know, everybody was in tune. Like people was, you know, just wasn't like, uh, like it's, it's cool. But I mean, like it was, it was, it was a great movie. <laughs> I mean, it was great. It did, like you said, Clint, the two in, in scenes, like, that was crazy. Um, do y'all think that Spider Man is still an Avenger with what Doctor Strange does at the end? Oh, that's like the best question too. Well, he was only erased out of this universe's minds, right? Right. So, but the other Spider Men weren't Avengers. Correct. I don't know, dude. So I thought about this. Uh, he asked Doctor Strange to you know cast a spell at the end to make everybody forget about peter parker when they cut from that scene the very first scene you get is j jonah jameson talking about spider-man destroying the statue of liberty right right so in that instance people haven't forgot about spider-man so that tells me that what actually happens people just forgot about peter parker like everything around peter parker is erased when he's going into his apartment and he's got that one box and in the box is a book, a GED book. That's basically, he has no record. There's no record of him even in existence. Like even the computers have erased him from existence, but people still know Spider-Man because when he's at the gravesite uh, for aunt May and happy comes up and says, how do you know her? He said through Spider-Man and Happy's like, okay. So right. in that instance, Spider-Man is still in people's consciousness, but Peter Peter Parker is, is like, nobody knows who that is. Right. There's one person that that does know. <laughs> right. And credit spoiler and credit spoiler. Yep. Venom. <laughs> yeah. And watching and uh, somebody has said that, you know, Venom is, uh, I don't know exactly what Venom is, but. I do know, um, I did watch that episode today from, uh, 94 and Venom has traveled. He said he's traveled through worlds. He's traveled through time. Like he's been everywhere, you know? So that's interesting on how they're going to bring that, you know, cause you see them disappear, 
butt, you see like the little, you know, like the little bit of little, uh, little venom left, you know, that's still at the bar. So that's, that's interesting, uh, for, you know, ongoing, uh, yeah, they definitely laid the groundwork for future, future movies. That's great. All right. So I think that's going to wrap up our episode and, uh, I'd like to thank everybody again for dropping by and giving us a listen. Thank Amy for taking the time out of her busy day to actually uh, join us here and and, uh, give her two cents on the episode. Be sure to subscribe to us for future episodes of movies, television, or video games. We get into all those topics. Subscribe to Good to Game Radio on your favorite podcasting app. And check out our website at goodtogameradio.com and follow us on Instagram. Have a good night. Good night. Later.